You're tuned in to the Three Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels Podcast. We're here with another episode for your ears and I am joined by the wonderful Darby and Martin. Darby, how's it going? It's going great, thanks. How are you? Going very well, thank you. And Martin, how's it going? Feeling wonderful, Ben. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Feeling wonderful. Good, good, good. That's what I like to hear. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the incredibly popular and now the number one most popular app, which is TikTok. Love it or hate it, which I know there's a varied amount of opinions in this podcast group alone. TikTok has taken the whole world by storm in its in its own way. It, it came out of Musical.ly, which people hadn't really uh, heard of as much and weren't really into and rebranded as TikTok out of ByteDance in China. It's it's taken over a little bit and sort of everyone's talking about it. So before we get into kind of the news and stuff, uh, what what's the general consensus here on TikTok? For me, TikTok is a problematic fave. I understand that it has a lot of issues, especially with its algorithm and shadow banning and general discrimination, but I also can't help but love it. The thing of it is, is that it's so good at targeted content that it gets me better than anybody else does in terms of like social media, not That people. is the scary um, thing about it. Yes, it's, it's scary, but it's also so addictive because yeah. it knows exactly my sense of humor. And so it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. If it gets banned, I will probably be very sad. Yeah, I kind of share a lot of that. I w- out of the three of us, and we'll get to Martin's stance in a, in a moment, I was sort of the early adopter out of it, which I usually am because anything that's new and tech-related, then I, I take a bit of an interest in it. And it does suck you in. I mean, YouTube has had problems with its algorithm for so long, and it, it's still very problematic. And TikTok nailed it from the start. When you first start, you get shown essentially what is the most popular things out of the whole of TikTok. And then from that, they're seeing what you're skipping past and what you're watching. And then they really just build up this feed of things that you're interested in. And it it is built to keep you sucked in, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it does that incredibly well. I mean, it, it is a big time suck. But yeah, the way that it has managed to curate stuff that you want to watch and show you is unlike anything else. What else I appreciate about TikTok is that in comparison to other websites and other social media entertainment platforms, they have so few ads. I've talked before about Facebook having so many ads that it's just sickening. And YouTube has ads almost in front of every single video, in the middle of videos, at the end of videos, on the scroll bar, like they have ads ads everywhere as well. But TikTok, it has one when you first open it up. I don't think it has any more than that. Or if they do, they're very far and few between. Advertisers have got very clever into integrating kind of ads within content itself. And it's all always very subtle. And I was actually watching a piece of content recently talking about how China has managed to use TikTok to just very subtly 
put out spheres of influence into saying that, oh, China's a really good place to, to be. And you might have seen some of these TikToks listening now and you'll, you'll, you'll get what I'm on about, but probably didn't register about it. But you often see these TikToks from people saying about, oh, these are neat ways that Chinese homes are different, or these are some really cool Chinese food, or this is a little bit of cult Chinese culture. And I've seen it before, like, oh, this is a tiny home that's in somewhere in China. And these are all the key, cool, neat tricks that we have in our tiny home. And actually, a lot, all, a lot of this content is paid for or promoted by the Chinese authorities to say to these creators, hey, make content about China. And through then, obviously putting out spheres of influence to say to people, oh, look, isn't China great? We have these things. TikTok is the global facing part of this app, but then there's another version of the app, which is only in China. And the app version that's only in China is far less subtle about propaganda for China. It is like up there really high, like as in, you know, saying how great China is, you know, um, we are the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. Like they're the next level of, of um of propaganda. So it's really interesting to see. And I think that same kind of thing happens with advertisers that they're they're looking at how can we subtly integrate rather than relying on just full-blown ads. But yeah, you're right. I mean, on the surface level, at least, there's uh, far less ads, uh, which is obviously helping people be encouraged to use the app more because they're not feeling like they're constantly being advertised to. Martin, as someone who hasn't downloaded the app yet, I'll be keen to know your thoughts and maybe the reason why. Thank you, Ben. Honestly, I've been a little stewing over here while listening to you both praise a little bit of uh, TikTok and, and what you admire about it. The thing is, Ben is right. I have not downloaded it. And the simple reason is I see a, a lot of like compilation videos on YouTube. Some of them are dancing. Some people are like miming songs. So I've only seen probably a small proportion of what TikTok actually is. And I, and I understand that. I find it really, I hate using this word, but very cringy and very, just something I don't find entertainment or enjoyment over. It To me, it's not aimed at someone like me. I don't really want to watch those sort of confirmations that much. And I understand there is something for everyone there, but it's just something that I've never took an interest in. I'm very late to these sort of apps anyway and i've never really been full-blown into these apps that have been around i i think this would be a really interesting experiment can i set you a task and i think you know what it's going to be i i think you should download it and i think you should give it a try and i think we should check back in to see if you've changed your mind because i'm really keen to see if if there's a chance that it would convert you just from the way that the algorithm works and I think it could. Would you be willing to give it a go for the for the for the experiment of the podcast? Because I think it actually would be really interesting. I think you're right. I think maybe I should experience it because it's quite easy to be on one side of the fence where I've never used it. And I think it's quite narrow minded. Yeah, I think it is quite narrow minded. I think it's very uh, blinkered to think I've only been exposed to a third hand party, which is YouTube compilations of it. People who I uh, listen to on YouTube and other like media sources say how uh, boring and so we say wretched the app is so i've only been fed by people who think like me i should say because you know you, you never really go and listen to youtubers that are completely contrast to you with that in mind of course i think for the podcast sake i would be interested and we could see if it does change my mind i think you should do it right now because then i know you'll do it because i know what you're like you'll forget <laughs> and you know i'm right in that yes so uh darby what do we think we should we should you should give it a go right 100 percent, absolutely and then he just can the be experiment. an like us. Yeah, it's the one that says TikTok, mate. Yeah, that's it. Well, I don't want to be start dodging. <laughs> I don't want to start downloading dodgy stuff or anything. 
So the reason we're talking about it today on this podcast, even though it is seemingly important part of pop culture at the moment, it is very popular uh, around with lots of different people and, and being adopted by different ages as well now, not just the younger generation. India decided to ban TikTok from all devices on their users and in fact called in Apple and Google to ensure that it's fully removed from the App Store. So it is, it is banned. And now the US administration is also considering the same thing. This is over growing fears that TikTok is being influenced by China and being affected by the Chinese government's general regime and the way that they generally do treat companies and, and have a major control over them. And also the fact that TikTok isn't fully open about all their data policies and everything else and whether the app could be or is already being abused. Now, the only thing that I've seen or, or read about uh, evidence-wise in regards to this was uh, when the iOS 14 beta came out. Now, Apple's making a big push to let customers know in iOS 14 when apps are using data and when they're not. Things like having a dot show on the top of your screen, even when you're not in the app, if an app is using your microphone or camera. And then also letting you know more frequently when system resources or system clipboards and stuff are being accessed by apps. And it came about very quickly that when you weren't using TikTok, that TikTok was reading your clipboards, was reading things that you'd copied and pasted um, outside of the app. TikTok said that this was a bug that was related into iOS 14, so they fixed it. Whether it was a bug or not, no one really knows. But it is bringing up a bigger question, and Amazon has reacted and as putting out a notice for all of their employees to remove TikTok from their devices because of these concerns. We could quickly see, you know, TikTok suddenly being nowhere from its sudden popularity. What do we feel about all this? I felt like I was pretty safe before I now downloaded this app because of you. You're screwed now. Yeah, we wanted <laughs> you to, if we're all going down, we're going down together. Okay. First, I'd like to say, it feels like we talk a lot about apps or companies retrieving people's data without knowledge and it's still a problem even now and we've covered this with many other things here on the podcast like i just said and i can understand like companies like amazon would be very worried about tiktok going through uh, potential personal data and employees data and that that is a whole different storm altogether i'm assuming this is quite heavily tied with the chinese government as well or do we not know that I mean, this is the thing. We don't really know. ByteDance, who's the, the parent company, they you know, are based out of China. They have a Chinese variant of the app. TikTok itself is in Hong Kong, where China are trying to put their authority. There's been a lot in the news with that, with the UK trying to get involved. And there's a lot of political uneasiness going on right now in Hong Kong. And the, you know, the fear is, is that, that China will have their way and they will be able to oppose these restrictions and control over um, TikTok. I mean, as far as the Chinese government's probably concerned, you know, TikTok being so popular is a major resource for them. And uh, I assume that they want to use it. There's been nothing major in terms of hard evidence, but it's this general uneasiness that's seemingly setting in. And I mean, I think it would only take some of the major governments like the US to make a decision on this. And I feel like it's going to be the start of the end, personally. Let's just say the Chinese government have nothing to do with it. But already the seeds are sown. 
as I've seen on some news reports that some people are claiming that the Chinese government have a hand in it in some way. And that's why you really need to derail any sort of popular media format out there with TikTok. You know, if you feel like uh, there's the spying going on and the Chinese are directly towards it, it reminds you of the Cold War with the communism, uh, the Red Menace sort of scheme, you know, where anything could be communist or anything could be seen as communist. And with this, it's like, oh, it's all Chinese government or all this yeah. fear mongering upon it. And I would be interested to see what has actually happens in the coming weeks or months and to see what investigation actually digs up. My conspiracy theory is that privacy rights and the Chinese government are being used as scapegoats. And actually the reason that Donald Trump specifically hates TikTok is because of what we covered in an earlier podcast just recently about how people have been using it to undermine his campaign. And it's something that he can't control mm -hmm. as well as other platforms. And personally, I think that he has a personal vendetta against TikTok entirely. Yeah, I think that's an entirely valid point. There are two sides to the story. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't even trust news sources these days. A lot of them have an agenda to cover. TikTok came along to a social media world that was US dominated. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, the biggest ones out there, all American, all American based, American data centers, American run. Suddenly, oh, there's a Chinese one in the market. It's eating at market share. It's outside of US jurisdiction. Suddenly, I feel like there's a problem because let's not fool ourselves here. Let's not forget the US government isn't really any better. There's no doubt in my mind that the US government could access anyone's data on any of these social media platforms if they wanted to. Lots of stones get thrown saying, well, you know, oh, this is a Chinese thing. You know, they'll snoop on all your data. They'll do this, that, and the other. You know, let's not fool ourselves. Companies like Google and Facebook collect a ton of our data. And I wouldn't believe for a second that they would fight the US government against handing it over in the right way. That's why I'm not really kind of jumping up and being, you know, afraid of it. Because until I see hard evidence that what they're doing is worse than what else is going on, and what snooping is going on and data collection is going on, then why are one people worse than the other? Because it, it's all an agenda. The minute you're involved online, the minute you do anything digitally these days, you have a footprint, you have a, a means of being of being tracked. So I, I, I think, yeah, I think you have a real point, Darby. I think that it's it's something that's changing the whole social media platform. It's kind of funny in a way because Trump really started a lot of all this through social media, through his campaign, through the use of people like Cambridge Analytica, using social media to influence how we vote and to find voters and to make them feel a certain way and to, to, to go a certain way. And uh, now there's a major social media platform that isn't in their jurisdiction. And it feels a little bit funny, really. You know, mm. it feels a little bit off, but suddenly, you know, he's had this big vendetta against social media, which, you know, arguably helped get him in the place that he is right now. Yeah, it does seem coincidental that uh, as soon as a whole bunch of kids on TikTok reserved seats for his Tulsa rally and made him look like an idiot, suddenly he wants to shut down TikTok. That does seem a little fishy to me. He's a very reactionary guy as well, you know? He, he is the type of person that if something upsets him, he's, he's straight on the offensive. You know, this actually reminds me of a TV show called Futurama, if anyone here remembers it at all. And then there's a reason why I'm bringing this up, right? There was an episode where Richard Nixon 
was going to run for the president of the world. And he was never really challenged. And this new guy come in and started gaining a lot of support. Uh, and in the end, Richard Nixon said, we need to find some dirt on this guy, try and find anything. And it sort of, sort of reminds mm-hmm. me of a little, it almost reminds me of like, let's try and dig anything we can. And as soon as they run out their resources or they, or they can't find anything, you know, they just go, well, where's it based from? Oh, it's China. Well, Donald Trump doesn't like China. And in his rally speeches and, and how he got elected, he was talking about China. So it was a, it was a perfect scapegoat. So let's just say tomorrow, TikTok is gone. You know, you're not allowed to uh, download it here in the Western world, or at least, so we say, North America. You can no longer download TikTok. I would be interested to see what the backlash would actually be right now. Because I think for a lot of people, TikTok has been a bit of an escapism from the misery of the world right now. So I do wonder what the backlash would be if TikTok went, especially in such a tense world we live in right now. The thing of it is, too, is that Americans in particular are so individualist and they're so focused on personal freedoms that I think that the idea of being told that we can't do something, we cannot use this app, I think that's going to be wildly unpopular just because we hate being told that we can't do something. That is the absolute worst thing. (laughs) that you can tell an American is, no, you can't. We value our individual rights and freedoms above just about anything. I just want to say uh, as well, just in case people misunderstand, especially my view, and I think it is the view of of all of us here as well. um, Please correct me if I'm wrong. But we totally respect and feel that privacy and our data is important and that if this is what is going on, then it is not right. And it's just as not right as what Google and Facebook do. And we've talked about Facebook plenty on this podcast. It's happening in many different places and we can't start throwing stones at one without looking at the rest of us. It's, it's contradictory to, to, to say, hey, TikTok's the bad guy here. Whereas, uh, Look at your own privacy policies. We know we, we don't read them. We sign up to these services and, you know, they're collecting all kinds of things. Mm. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's fine if all of this is going on. I'm just saying that this is, needs to be a whole change as, a, as everyone. And it's a whole movement as a whole, rather than just pinning it all on one app, uh, especially in what seems to be a political move rather than a beneficial move to pe- for people. You know, it's, it seems to be very politically charged than anything else. The India one is a perfect example of it being politically charged. There has been a lot of tensions between India and China. Apple have actually started manufacturing of some products in India. And there's been big issues with parts coming from China into India. Um, essentially, India have been searching through every single package going through, and it's been holding everything up because they're paranoid. So... TikTok being banned is definitely not a coincidence in all that. So let's not fool ourselves. This is uh, definitely politically charged. It's not for the benefit of the people. I think all I just want to say is not just to companies, but to everyone is, well, maybe we should start reading some T's and C's maybe to see what's actually going on and where this is going. It reminds me, I believe on the 360, I'm sure it said something after like eight or nine like pages, it said, 
I'm sure you're not reading this. It was like a little joke in the T's and C's that someone posted. I, I can't remember if it was uh, faked or whatever, but things like that. How many of us really do read the T's and C's? And do we know what we're really signing up for? Especially this whole thing with uh, internet browsers now. You know, when you go on a website, it'll come up with like, um, here are our partners. Do you want to sign up to them so they can trace what you're looking at and all that sort of stuff? And it's amazing to, to think how much we've actually given up when you really think about it in terms mm-hmm. of personal privacy and data. And I, I know I've paid foul to it. I know I've probably signed up to things that maybe I should have read uh, thoroughly because I have no idea what's going on with my uh, data right now. Yeah, I mean, and Cambridge Analytica should have been the wake-up call when they could have uh, achieved both things on the Brexit campaign and on the, the mm-hmm. Trump campaign with all that data. That should have been a big wake-up call, but unfortunately it wasn't. It was back to the same status quo. So I know we praise Apple a lot, and I don't want us to seem like Apple is what we push a lot, because I just think that in this situation, and a lot of these situations we're talking about, Apple seemed to be doing the right moves. And iOS 14 is a, is a clean example of that. Don't get me wrong, they could be doing more. They could be making it more prominent. But on the app pages before you download, something we've come to accept in the food industry is that we have a nutritional bit that tells us exactly just the facts we need to know about what's in our food before we buy it. Could be a bit clearer in some situations, but generally speaking, we know what's in our food, what's printed on there, what if it's really bad for us or not, for sure. And Apple are doing that same thing with a little fact sheet. So it's going to show you what data they're going to collect and what they do with it. And it's going to become mandatory that all apps have this fact sheet on the page. So that then you can quickly at a glance make a decision on how bad this app really is for your digital health, just as much as the food one would be for your physical health. And that's really interesting. I think this should go a step further. And I think that this should be more of a standard that when you're when you're clicking to install it, it should come up and go, this app is doing this, this, and this. Are you happy with that? Like accept or deny. Do I, do I want to download it? Do I not want to download it? More has to be done. More has to be um, easier for people to understand. Like here in the UK, I'm not too sure about out of field. We have on your food packets how much you should eat a day. It's like a red, amber, green system like you were talking about. And it says like how often you should have these things. You know, they made that very simple for us here in the UK because we're here in the UK and obviously across the world, we want things ready to go. Bang, bang, bang. Quick information. So I think you have to put that into these apps of quick information. Hey, is this good? Is this going to go against my privacy or whatever it is you're trying to uh, portray? You need to be quick, snappy. So even the simplest person like myself going on these Apple stores, because I know very little about them, I want to understand it fully, clearly, and concisely. Well, I think part of the problem is that T's and C's read like stereo instructions to quote Beetlejuice. I think that in order to have an effective system, it'll have to be exactly what you said, clear, concise, and in simple, straightforward language that anyone will be able to access. If you're using fancy, flowery legalese, you're going to run into the exact same problem. So it needs to be something that the average person is going to be able to read and understand exactly what it means. But yes, I absolutely agree. It should be much more easily accessible to find out exactly what you're signing up to. Just gives people the the power of choice. And I think that is the key thing here. And I think Apple have done a great thing by implementing that into the App Store in the new update. I think it could be more prominent. And I I think it should be there right at the point of, of install to say, hey, 
this is what's going on. Do you want me to look at some of these terrible videos then? <laughs> yeah, why not, mine? Let's let's do a little live yeah. introduction to TikTok to end up the episode. I will say, I'm a little worried. Uh, when I first opened it up, it was some girl sitting on a bed wiggling in a white shortcut <laughs> dress. So I'm a bit worried at first. So here we go. So obviously, it's first start. These would be a bit more. Yeah, random. yeah, of course. So, so this is about it's a take guy. Out of time. Looks like he's combing Donald Trump's hair. Okay, that was pretty cool. Actually, not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. That was actually pretty cool. It, started, <laughs> it was generally pretty cool. Not gonna lie. We probably have to edit all this like music and stuff. Uh, yes, definitely. Like pretty much, this guy is uh, surfboarding on a like a set of a surfboard. He's literally jumped on it, gone all across his um, pool and sat down where his work is. That is actually pretty sick. We're doing a video app on a podcast. I just want to make us clear on that. All jokes aside, though, I have discovered so much new music from small artists on TikTok. One of my favorite new songs is by Avenue Beat. And uh, I've listened to it probably 20 billion times. And I now know every single word. And I would not have discovered that band without TikTok. And I agree with that. There's been a lot of popularity in songs that might not have seen the same fame because of something like TikTok. So it has been very good for uh, lots of different um, talent and artists and stuff to get out their music in, in a new and interesting way. Because you see a little clip of it, you're not feeling like you're investing much of your time. And then if it's popular enough, it finds its way into lots of different elements and people reuse that music in different ways. Like when Musical.ly, you know, the former app first started as, then it, it's brought fame to a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's been really cool to see. All right, so we're back after a little break where Martin has had a chance to give TikTok a brief try. Uh, although he has committed that he will continue it up for the next week and we will check back in the next podcast, so stay tuned for that one. But after a brief few minutes, what has been your initial thoughts? Keeping in mind that we've heard you laughing at quite a few of them. Well, yeah, obviously I'll tell the truth here, how I honestly feel. There were a couple that, yeah, I, I would say really did make me laugh. And as I was listening to him, I did ask Ben, this app reminds me of one before and... He did say it was Vine. And I was like, yes, of course. And that instantly came to mind straight away after watching a couple of these. But here's what I honestly truly think. Yes, there are a couple of videos I did think, yeah, that's pretty funny. But there were a couple I thought, either thought what was going on, I thought that was a bit mean. Or genuinely, I just thought, whatever. And I quickly realized, I think it instantly knew that I was a guy in some capacity. Because all of a sudden, like it was like, uh, a lot of males, a lot of just funny, goofy stuff. And all of a sudden, I got a load of, I'll say, attractive women on there who were probably around my sort of age. And all of a sudden, it was people wearing, like, mini dresses and stuff. And I was just like, I don't really care how attractive you are. I just want to see something funny more than, oh, this is how to make your bum look big in a picture. And that's what I got of one of them. And that's when the moment I thought, it clearly knows I'm a guy of some sort. I think because it knew what my selections, I think I put sport, gaming, and mildly satisfying. So two of them are predominantly male orientated. I think that's fair to say. So I think it knew instantly what I was. And I was really happy that one of them was absolutely fabulous, though. One of them was just um, the audio of absolutely fabulous. And I think that's a superb, lovely TV show, which actually makes me want to go watch absolutely fabulous after this. So that's probably what I'll be doing tonight at some point. <laughs> 
I'm amazed that it's algorithm. I'll put that out there now. I was very, very pleased with that. But genuinely, but it's only days. mixed. And yeah, you know, we we are doing this for a week, as we said. So I, I'm. This is how I see it mapping out. So on recording today, it's, it's Saturday, right? By Tuesday, I think my things will be very fine tuned to what things I actually like and what I spend most time on. And I'll try and like a couple of videos as well because I think that's also part of the game as well. And by probably Friday. I might be hooked with it. I don't know yet. Could be. And then by Saturday, I'll give you my full results. But so far, very mediocre. I'm very sorry to say. So I will leave you with that thought to ponder about how much TikTok and the internet may know about you. I'd like to say thank you very much for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening just as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. And before we say goodbyes, I just want to do a quick note to let anyone know that may have been wanting to buy us a coffee. <clears throat> There's a link in the description. We did have a slight technical issue with the whole process, but it seems to be fixed and all good to go. So if you'd love to support us, you don't have to. You are welcome to buy us a coffee and the links are in the show notes below. But with that, thank you very much for listening again. Couldn't do it without my two wonderful, amazing co-hosts. Thank you to Martin and Darby. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for having me. You are very welcome, Martin. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, so you never miss another episode. And follow our social media, all the links from the show notes below. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you and goodbye. See ya. See you next time.